0: Hoping as we reflect on this some more this morning, we'll we'll all be okay bringing this to God, but we'll also all be okay bringing this to each other and to our church family. Because that's one of my passion. So for us to be okay with suffering and grief. Um, And I think Melinda um, hinted at that last time that emotions or, or feelings are not, right or wrong, are not good or bad, and I'm, I'm confirming that. So it's definitely not, you know, how you feel and how you suffer and how you experience your own emotions is not a sign of a weakness or a sin or a disorder or a problem. Human emotions are okay. Actually, I'm taking that a bit further and saying your emotions are a part of your makeup. So some, some things in our Makeup we can see, like you can see I've got my two hands and my two feet and everyone is okay with that, right? And if I have my arm in cast, everyone will still be okay with that, right? No one will think I'm a sinner or I'm a horrible or a dis- you know, I, I don't deserve to be here or I'm not Christian because I broke my arm. But then when it comes to suffering and grief, sometimes we have a different idea. So... Again, as we reflect on this today, I would like to make sure that we're all on the same page that how you feel, your emotions are a part of your makeup. And just like we can't ignore having two hands and two feet, we can't ignore that we have emotions. And we've, I mean, all the series has taken us through that. Um, and it's not just a part of your makeup, but it's also. Emotions are also signals, they serve as signals that perhaps something is not quite right. So for example, sadness signals perhaps that you've lost someone or something, or a job. Perhaps anger signals that you have some unmet expectations Perhaps anxiety signals that you have something big coming up and you're feeling really anxious about it. So your emotions are signals and and they're not just a part of your makeup that we just have to kind of endure, but they're signals, they have a purpose, They, they serve a purpose, they're very important. And again, just like having two hands and two feet, you've got emotions, you've got feelings, you've got your own experience of life. And... They're also signals of good things, um, and that's why, uh, especially at work, I make sure I don't call emotions good and bad, or negative or positive. I'll call them helpful, or, or perhaps pleasant or unpleasant, because we know we have some really pleasant emotions, and perhaps that wheel of emotions showed some of that. So people like being happy and excited and keen and, um, and proud, but then people don't like it very much when they're feeling lonely, distressed anxious, worried or depressed. So let's kind of set emotions free of this stigma, of this labeling kind of business. It's okay. And again, we can... Think about them as pleasant and unpleasant. That's okay, I'll give us that. Uh, because no one enjoys being sad. No one enjoys grieving. No one enjoys feeling lonely. So very unpleasant, very strong and intense and definitely unpleasant. But definitely not bad. Definitely not a sign that you've got a problem. And definitely not enough to diagnose you with a problem, right? We're, we all have emotions. So this, this writer, coming back to this psalm, is crying out to God... Because of their suffering. Now, are you free to cry out to God because of your suffering? Do you talk to God about your suffering? Do you talk to each other? Do we talk to each other about our suffering? Or do we have the expectation that for some reason we're exempt from that, where we shouldn't be suffering? Let's think about what's happening around us because, again... You may be Christian and you may come to this church all the time and you may be doing all the right things and you're ticking all the boxes, but you still live in this world. Now, it doesn't take you very long if you look around, either around or within, to see what's happening around us and how much suffering and grief there is. And perhaps like this writer, and and maybe if he was reflecting on on, um, what's going on, I forgot to, um, to press start on my stopwatch. I think I have to start over again. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, uh, so we uh, have a tendency, or I have a tendency, to speak for too long. So I'm here to make sure I don't do that this morning. Um, yeah, so as we... Sorry, we go back to this um, psalm. And if he was looking around at his nation and reflecting on what's going on, well, let's do some of that. What's going on around us today? So if you... Look around, you will, um, and I, I get the, uh, the privilege and, and the honor of people talking to me, so I see this day in and day out, and it, again, it doesn't take long to see how much abuse there is. So the number of kids who've gone through bullying and, and, and horrific abuse, perhaps some of us today have experienced some of that, um, Isolation, we have people who are very badly isolated, people who have no one and nothing to live for, no no personal connection, and perhaps you're physically around other people, but you're isolated within. Many people experience that. Perhaps it's loss, it's death, it's unemployment, it's physical sickness, I mean, battles with things like cancer and other um, very horrible illnesses. Um, Struggles with infertility. Um, Mental illness, bullying. So if we look around us again and we can easily cry out to God like this writer did. Because as we look around our nation, and our church, and our workplaces, our universities, and our schools, there's a lot of suffering. And as we look within, again, not many people go for very long without suffering. And perhaps you have suffered with things today. Or maybe you have suffered with things 20 years ago that are still affecting you today. As individuals, we can't avoid it, we can't look away. And we can't pretend it's not there. And as church, we must acknowledge it. And again, one of my um, goals and, and dreams for church, to be aware, to know that we have people with us who have struggled with these things, who are struggling with these things, and to be okay with other people's experiences and and. and emotions and feelings. Now, what do we do? Now, with emotions being extremely unpleasant and very intense sometimes, and, and I don't want you to get depressed about this today, but think about it as okay. Again, we have, we have a very good kind of context that explains why we would stru- suffer and, and struggle with things like that. But let's think about what we do. So I hear about people eating when they feel certain things. It's a very common um, attempt at coping. Um, We hear about using uh, television, um, about perhaps addiction, so substance use, um, perhaps hiding emotions. And I have to be honest, hiding and masking or denying emotions are one of the most commonly used human techniques especially at church yeah so we want to appear well we want to have a good smile we want to say things like praise the lord everything is great and i'm okay and everything is good when everything perhaps isn't and it breaks my heart that sometimes we feel or we think that we have to act like that at church you don't you don't And then we have other problems that come with that. So if you, if you use, say, eating and television to, to deal with your depression or with, with abuse or with um, violence at home, so kind of scientifically and professionally speaking, your problem will get worse. And sometimes all what it takes if, is for you to take a couple of steps back and say, Hang on, I'm human and I'm suffering with this. I'm grieving over this. I'm not handling this very well. This is too much for me. I am being overwhelmed with this. Sometimes all what it takes is for you to step back and say these things. So I guess the, the way I look at it is when, you, when you're in pain or suffering and you mask it, you end up with more pain and suffering as opposed to less. You may look all right, but you're not really. And then the other problem I see with this is we become kind of fake as people and perhaps as a church. I don't want a fake church. I want, a, I want us. I want us to be a church who's real, who has real human beings, who know suffering and grief who are okay to talk about their emotions, who are okay to listen to emotions, who are okay for someone to not have a big smile, perhaps to come in tears and say, I'm overwhelmed, I can't do this anymore. I'd love a church with people who can stand up here and say, I was thinking about suicide last night, and I'm here with you this morning, and not get judged and labeled or diagnosed just to get accepted and validated and acknowledged and, be, and for us to be okay with that. Now, the number of times I hear about people who've been told that they're not allowed to feel things, you're not allowed to feel anxious, you're, you're Christian, don't be anxious about anything, that's a verse in the Bible, right? And then people take that away and they either don't come back to church Or they come back to church, but they put this mask on. And then I put a mask on, you put a mask on, they put a mask on. And then, where do we go with that? I have a a very big problem with that. I don't like this picture I'm painting. And I hope you don't like it either. So sometimes we don't know what to do. There's suffering and there's grief and we're not sure what to do. We don't know what to do with ourselves. We don't know what to do with someone else who's suffering and who's open about it. We don't know what to do out of church. We don't know what to do at work or at uni or school. We're not sure what to do because these things called emotions can can get overwhelming and they can get very difficult. And there is a lot of suffering and grief around. But then what do we do? Now, if we take a step back and and think about Jesus. It says in Isaiah 53, verse 3, that he was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And perhaps all of us know this verse. But then if we think about it, Jesus experienced grief and sorrow. And he lived it. He didn't tell us about it. He didn't write about it. He didn't teach us about it. He experienced it. He was despised and rejected himself. He was acquainted, so he knew. He knew. This this verb, he knew. He knew it. He knew it. So for you and I to suffer, that's not any shock to Jesus. It's not any shock to the Holy Spirit. He knows it. He knows that. So for you to suffer and bring your complaint to God, like this, this writer did, God doesn't turn his face away, and he doesn't get shocked or surprised. He knows. He knows. And for me, that's a lot of hope. It's a lot of hope that he knows. And perhaps he's not going to immediately take whatever is bothering you away. Sometimes he does. And miracles still do happen. Sometimes he does, but even if he doesn't, he knows. He knows. And if this is all what you take out of today, take this. He knows you're suffering. He knows how you feel. He knows because he's experienced it himself. He's, he's experienced sorrow and grief and suffering and rejection. He's experienced being so despised and... and, and abandoned by people he knows so the holy spirit will sit with you now i believe we have a privilege that many don't have we have this privilege of the holy spirit of god the creator the savior sitting with me as as a person trying to help other people i can offer some comfort and i can offer some techniques and some tools and and, and people do get better but then In my heart, I know there is nothing better than knowing that the Holy Spirit knows. He knows. You don't have to hide it. You don't have to mask it. You don't have to deny it. You don't have to eat it all away. You don't have to sit at the TV and and watch your life away. You can tell him. You can bring your complaint to God and tell him. And... Another side of that I would love to be to bring your complaint to church, to bring your, your suffering and your experiences to your leaders, to your friends, to your family here at church, and for us to be okay with that. So, again, what do we do? What do we do? Perhaps we're so conditioned um, to seek comfort that we don't know what to do with suffering and grief. So as... As babies, so when, when baby is hungry, baby cries, and we feed the baby, right? So from a very young age, we learned that it's not okay to be uncomfortable. It's not okay to experience anything unpleasant. It's not okay to cry. Something is wrong. We have to fix it. We have to get rid of it. We have to make sure it doesn't happen again. But then maybe as a baby, having their physical and emotional needs met, that's what they do. But you don't need to do that as an adult. We need to learn to sit well with discomfort and perhaps suffering and grief. It's okay. So, in a sense, what I'm suggesting, we need to accept. We need to accept that we're human. We need to accept that we're not God. We need to accept that we're not in heaven yet. We need to accept that we're limited we need to accept that we're not infinite. We, leave, we need to accept that we can be broken and that we live in a broken world. We need to accept. And today, one of the main keys I'm focusing on is this acceptance. As we bring our experiences to God and as we bring our experiences and suffering and grief to each other and to church and to our leaders, we all together need to accept that we're limited. Now, the amount of freedom in that, so usually the very first step I work on, and that's professionally speaking, I work on people accepting their emotions. You know how much recovery people make by just accepting the grief and the sorrow and the suffering? And by accepting, I don't mean that you love it. You don't, I never expect people to love suffering and to love the grief and to love the unpleasant emotions. I, Don't mean that. But to accept it. Instead of judging yourself, instead of labeling yourself and then getting labeled by others and instead of denying it and masking it, you accept it. You say, yes, you're here and I accept you. I accept this emotion. I accept myself as a human being experiencing these emotions. So as individuals, it's okay. It's okay to feel. It's okay to talk about emotions. Now, because the other way around is, well, the other way around doesn't help. So one of the very um, simple examples I often use and I explain to people is, you know, take the example of being anxious. You feel anxious and then you feel bad about being anxious, then you end up feeling bad and anxious, right? And then you feel guilty for feeling bad because you're feeling anxious and then you end up feeling guilty, bad and anxious, right? So some people are nodding. You know what I'm talking about. And sometimes as I go through cycles like that with people, we stop and we say, hang on, what happens if I accept my experience? What happens if I accept my emotions? What happens today if you accept how you feel and how you're suffering and how you're grieving? What happens if you accept There as a person. And then what happens if we accept that as a church? So again, some picture to imagine. Just to accept, not judge, not reject, not deny, not reject experiences, and not reject people because of their experiences. So in a sense, we need to, just like this um, writer did, We need to express, we need to pray, we need to validate, we need to accept, we need to listen. That's what we need to do. Now, I can't help but flag, if you ever get so overwhelmed with suffering and grief that you don't feel like it's enough to just talk to a friend or talk to a leader or pray about it, there's nothing wrong in seeking help. Again, we're human and it's okay. It's okay. I'm here to tell you it's okay. It's okay to experience things and it's okay to struggle with things. Now, the writer also goes on to say some very important statements. And I don't want us to spending too long on that because that's, we do a lot of that at church. Because he says, but you, O Lord. So verses 12 to 28, that's what he talks about. So he pours out his heart he complains to God, and it's okay to complain to God. And he talks about his nation, he talks about his, his experiences, his physical and emotional suffering, but then he says, But you, O Lord, and verse 12 to 28, he says, You are sovereign, and I've put this in, in our own words, you can uh, read it at home if you'd like. But you, O Lord, you're sovereign, you are enthroned, you're holy, you're the creator you're everlasting, you're never changing, you will arise, you are to be feared, you appear in glory, you listen to prayer, and you can set us free. But you, O Lord. And I I can spend another 30 minutes talking about that, because the way you deal with your thoughts, that's a different story, and perhaps that's for another time, but that's what the writer did. He expressed his emotions, and I'm hoping he accepted them. I mean, surely if he's written them down and we have them in the Bible, I can assume that there was some acceptance there. It was okay to write them. It was okay to perhaps read them out, as was often done with the Psalms. So as he poured his heart out, I'm hoping there's some acceptance to that. And as you pour your heart out to God and to each other, I'm praying there's acceptance to that. That's on the emotional and, and personal experience side of things. When we talk about your thoughts, again, it's another story. This writer was able to say, but you, O oh Lord. So that's up here now. It's not really, it's not really how he was feeling. It's not re- it, hasn't come, it hasn't flown naturally from what he was talking about as he was describing his grief and suffering. But you, O Lord, it came from up here. And again, I'd love to talk about that because a lot of what I do is about up here. But I don't want us spending a lot of time here because we do a lot of that in praise and worship. We do a lot of that in encouraging each other and in in reflecting on God's word, which is all great. But I would like to leave you with this. I'm going to call it a challenge because it's very, it it can be challenging, to sit with your suffering, to sit with your emotions, to be okay and to know that God is okay. To know that God is okay. The Holy Spirit will sit with you as you bring yourself to him and as you bring your emotions to him and as you pour out your complaints and pour out your hurt to him. And the other side of the coin I would love a church who's okay with people pouring out their hearts, with people saying, I'm suffering, I'm struggling, I'm overwhelmed, I can't smile because I'm full of tears. I would love a church like that. And you know what? The community out there needs a church like that. We need a church like that. It's, to me, it's, it's fundamental. It's, it's necessary we need a church like that i'm often confronted with suffering day in and day out and i know and i'm pretty sure most of you know as well that we need a church who would say it's okay you've tried to kill yourself it's okay you're struggling with this loss and you can't get over it it's okay you're being overwhelmed we need a church like that let's Let's reflect on that in prayer. God, thank you because you're here with us. Thank you because you're not some God that's far away and that's distant. Thank you because Jesus was despised and rejected a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. Thank you because you know. And today Holy Spirit we sit we sit in knowing that you know. I pray you lead us as we accept and sit and pour our hearts out in confidence that you know.